Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks, and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Price. It's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Roberts, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence Uncut, a series that gives listeners and readers a deeper dive into our features with major artists. For this episode, we are talking to our 2023 producer of the year, James Ford. Yeah, I don't don't know. Sometimes, you know, I get sent a lot of demos and there's a lot of like, oh, maybe you'd like like to work with these guys or not, you know, and I honestly just go on on instinct on if I hear something and I hear something in it that excites me, you know, I'll get in a room with someone. I'm Mijan Zulu, lead podcast producer at Consequence. I am Paolo Ragusa, an associate editor at Consequence. Paolo, welcome back to Consequence Uncut. I mean, every time you leave, I just want to have you back. So we needed to have you back. Oh, well, it was a pleasure to be able to do this interview with James Ford. I've been a big fan of his production work for a while. We're highlighting James Ford this year because not only has he produced a lot of great individual songs and albums in the past, but this year specifically, he produced albums from Jesse Ware, Blur, Depeche Mode, and Geese, as well as helming the last Dinner Party's debut album that's going to come out next year, and their awesome lead single, Nothing Matters. I know. Can this guy work any less? (laughs) Right? He definitely described it as a when it rains, it pours situation. Well, when it rains, may it pour into his bank account. And, you know, if he has anything to spare, you know, taxes are coming. So we we will not be shy. You know, I guess it's like, that's like, that's the joy of like this part of the year. We just kind of like get to celebrate people and who better to celebrate than the person that's responsible for Jesse Ware's new album. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. James Ford uh, was one of the primary producers of Jesse Ware's album. That feels good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) With the exclamation points included. Uh, We in the interview, what's great is that we obviously talk about crafting this album with Jesse Ware. We also shout out one of my other favorite producers, Stuart Price, whom we both very briefly name as a legend. Mm. Um, But 
also James Ford has worked so much in the dance and electronic space as a member of Simeon Mobile Disco. He's a huge fan of that kind of specific late 70s disco sound, a lot of the analog stuff. He wanted this album to feel just as vibrant as, you know, some of those classic Studio 54, mm. Chic, Nile Rodgers numbers. Yeah. Uh, and I think he really achieved it. I, I 100% was thinking that. I So I didn't know that this album was out until I was talking with a friend who happens to be of the queer community. And he was just like, I just love this album. And so literally I was going for a walk and I listened to the whole thing and was just like dancing down the street. Because Jessie Ware's voice is incredible on this album. She's doing some she's doing some things in her upper register that I haven't heard in a while. And, you know, she like all the songs are just fun. They're just good, fun music that like, you know, that really are, I guess, going to keep us dancing into 2024. Absolutely. What I love about what James said about Jessie specifically is they've worked together a lot, but he really said that she's found her voice kind of later on in her career. And it's just a pleasure to witness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he did Tough Love, too. He did. He's been, yeah. yeah. He he refers to her as a as a good friend. Yeah, I mean, but as good friend meaning like uh, he's worked on most of her albums and continues to. And it's it's really funny because there's almost like this cool little club of like producers and singers. Like that symbiotic relationship is so powerful in the UK. And you see it with like people like, you know, how... Uh, Jesse Ware, Sam Smith, Ella, what's her name? You know, like, uh, you and me. Oh, Eliza Doolittle. Yeah. Like, there were so many wow, people who were like about her really, <laughs> really talented that worked with, you know, Disclosure as Disclosure was coming out all at the same time. So, like, James mm-hmm. Ford is definitely a part of that family. And I mean, just thinking of the other people he worked with Blur, Depeche Mode, Geese, The Last Dinner Party, like, This is a powerful roster. We talk a lot about working on that Blur album specifically. Blur obviously was a big consequence cover story that we did this year with Damon Albarn. And uh, it was really great to hear sort of James' perspective of how that album came together. He was a little bit nervous, you know, that some of the in-group tensions, uh, especially because they hadn't made an album together in so long, was going to maybe dominate that process. But he really talked about it being very light and very naturalistic. He talked about the way some of the songs came together, how Graham Coxon's guitar work is so specific Mm. to that band's overall sound. Mm. Um, And it's just a nice little bonus look at Blur's coming together this year after so much time away. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. Thank you for uh, ringing in the... Well, are you ringing in the new year or are you ringing out no, the year? No, I think it's maybe ringing out the year. Yeah, that we're ringing out right. the year. We're, <laughs> ringing, we're ringing out the year production-wise with a, a particular gem. So thank you so much. Definitely. So you can check this article out on consequence.net. And before we let you go, we want to let you know that we're on a mission to spread the word about Consequence Uncut. If you love our show as much as we love bringing it to you, we need you to hop over to Apple Podcasts, hit the follow button, and leave us a review. Not only is this a quick way for you to show your support, but it will also give you a chance to win some exclusive Consequence merch. Consider it our gift to you for the holidays. So just go to the link in the show notes and submit your info along with a screenshot of your review. We'll be shouting out names of the winners this December, so make sure to follow and review as soon as possible. Thank you for helping Consequence Uncut grow. And now, without further ado, I'll turn it over to Paolo and James Ford for this interview. Please enjoy. So today we are talking to James Ford. You are our 2023 at Consequence, our 2023 producer of the year. 
you have a great year every year based on your output. You're working with so many different artists, so many different disciplines. But this year in particular felt like a really landmark year for you, especially in the early part of the year. I know a lot of these records you'd worked on last year, but they came out this year. Really amazing albums from Jesse Ware, Depeche Mode, Blur, just such a huge resume specifically this year. So real quick before we dive into these albums, just would love to hear about what this year has meant to you. Maybe if there's something that feels a little different this year, especially with your solo album, what has 2023 meant to James Ford? Yeah, it's, it's funny how, how uh, things go. I've been doing this for quite a few years now. And yeah, you get these little moments where, you know, like, like buses where they all come at once. This year has, has, has felt really good, honestly. I've constantly had sort of exciting work and I've been you know really proud to be in in the room with certain people with you know a lot of heroes and also working on some new stuff and balancing that out with my own record it, it has been a been a fun year I'm still not over you know of uh, a couple of other records in the pipeline as we speak so um yeah you know I I um I feel like I'm I'm hitting some kind of stride it's good Beautiful. Love to hear it. I first want to talk about this Jesse Ware album that came out earlier this year. That feels good. Sounded like a long time coming. You guys have probably been working on that for the last couple of years. But in terms of production, that seems like such an incredible accomplishment. Jesse Ware sounds unbelievable on that album. A lot of the choices are just so clear and radiant. And I'm also a big Stuart Price fan. I loved the songs you worked on with Stuart. Yeah. I just think he's the best as well. So talk to me about, I mean, he's a legend. Um, so talk to me about, yeah, working on that record specifically with Jesse and what that, yeah, what that process was yeah, like. Yeah, I did the record before, the What's Your Pleasure record as well. And that was, you know, I'd been, Jesse's kind of a long-term friend, but it was only sort of in the last couple of records that we've really got stuck into making music together. We did a few things before, but... Yeah, she was in a in a bit of a funny place in her career and was just willing to kind of, uh, she just wanted to make a fun record and, you know, yeah, just throw everything at it in terms of just making music that made us feel good while we were making it. I mean, honestly, we made most of it here. I'm in my house, in my home studio. And uh, yeah, just showing you around like, what? she would come up here. He had like a drum kit in the corner. Wow. Um, yeah, so she would, she would come up here and, you know, we'd listen to a few songs that, that had been inspiring her and work with a few a few writers and stuff as well. But really, we'd just kind of get stuck in. I'd start making, making some music and she'd be coming up with melody ideas. And yeah, she, you know, Jessie is lovely, very easy to work with, very self-depreciating. But, you know, she's got a killer voice. She, it's very, very easy to record her. And it was a lot of fun, yeah. And then, you know, we, we, we took, took it out of this room as well to do some kind of brass and some strings and whatever. But it was, yeah, a really, really kind of quite open and sort of free process. I actually went to see a play at Alexandra Palace uh, on the weekend. Um, and, yeah, it's re she's really in her element now. She's found, she's sort of found a, a voice kind of late in her career, which is, is a great thing to see. It was, yeah. you know, it seemed like... Uh, she was really enjoying herself and she was really owning the stage and it was great. Yeah, I remember hearing that first Jesse Ware album over 10 years ago um, and just being like, wow, what an incredible voice she has. But never did I ever expect her to take this kind of left turn, this very exuberant 
left turn. And I think it really suits her voice and suits her songwriting well. Did you really think a lot about this kind of Studio 54 era that is kind of captured? Of course. I've, with the Sumio Mobile Disco thing, I've, I've spent many years DJing and you know, I'm a huge fan of kind of old school disco, house and techno and, and you know, the roots of dance music as we know it. So, you know, for me, it was really quite an indulgence to be able to just sort of lean yeah. back on those on those references, really. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. There was no, it felt like, it felt like there was no pressure, really. You know, we're, we're probably going to make moves towards a new record. And funnily enough, it's probably more pressure now that now the record yeah. do well. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's a fun process. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So a new Depeche Mode album, you've obviously worked with them before, but this time it's the first album without Andy Fletcher. It must have been a pretty emotional process, especially just being in the room with Martin and Dave. What was that experience like? Yeah, looking back, it was really bizarre, I suppose. It was wonderful, though. I really, really enjoyed it. I'd made the record before and, and found that record really difficult to make you know the the tensions between the band were really kind of peaking around then it was quite fraught you know I'm pretty pretty laid back as a producer but it was quite you know I found it quite stressful so I was quite nervous going back into this record and then the whole thing with Andy sadly passing a, a month before that we started just I really didn't know what to expect you know and so went in and we just kept the team really small. It was just me and Marta Solani, who's like a, a brilliant engineer, and Martin and Dave, honestly. And we were just in Martin's house in, in Santa Barbara. And yeah, it was this kind of sort of quite sort of tender, bittersweet process where, you know, Martin and Dave have had their sort of issues in the past, but they were really sort of kind of connecting and bonding and writing together for the first time. And again, there's this sort of like openness that, I hadn't experienced before, you know, I think a brush with mortality really uh, and makes yeah. you not sweat the small stuff, I suppose, you know. And um, once we got into it, it felt really kind of sort of smooth. The songs were good. We had a clear direction and we had a really nice time. I, you know, my main memory is some nice kind of long lunches and stuff with them all. And they were just telling stories and about Andy and, and you know, reminiscing back to the Basildon days. And I just, again, felt very lucky to be there, to be just a kind of uh, fly on the wall, really, to, to a, a moment in history. Absolutely. What I wonderfully put, I think that really sums up that experience. Similarly, not as similar, but uh, another kind of quote-unquote comeback album it was the new Blur album that you worked on. We did this big cover story with Blur earlier this year, and we loved talking to Damon about how this album came together and the kind of camaraderie that you really can hear on that record. And it is produced very, very beautifully. I feel like you can really hear the band in such a such a great way. Talk to me about first the first Blur album in eight years. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's the first one that they've all be, or the first time they've all been in the room together collaborating like that in in longer than eight years. You know, it, um, yeah. But it, yeah, again, I was I was a 
a big Blur fan growing up. You know, they kind of got me through some uh, teenage angst, you know. Um, and then, you know, been lucky to have the opportunity to work with Graham um, separately and also with Damon on some guerrilla stuff. And, you know, they're, they're both sort of fantastic, incredible creative musicians that, you know, really didn't sort of let me down, you know, don't be heroes and all that. But um, still going into a Blur album is a very different proposition, you know, that again, there's a lot of water under the bridge there and oh. things that have happened in the past. And I really wasn't sure how it would go. You know, it was, it was, it was again, quite a, it felt quite a sort of risky project to get involved with in a way, you know, I, I knew how talented yeah. they all are, but um, you never really know how the stars are going to, going to align, you know, in, in, in a process. Yeah. I just tried to, my strategy was to just get in there and get them all playing together and trying to move quickly and keep, keep the energy up and keep it fluid. And it, it seemed to work really well like after, you know, it was a little tense for the first little bit, but once we got going, everyone's kind of relaxed. And from my point of view, it was, it was great to see, you know, how all the parts fit together. You know, Alex and Dave are, are great players and really kind of slot into their roles. And obviously Damon's songwriting is, is amazing. But then something about the way kind of Graham comes in at a sort of obtuse angle just makes it turn into blur. You know, it's it's like it's, yeah. some of the demos sounded a little gorillasy. you know. It's like, oh, is this going to, you know, is this going to work for blur? And then, you know, Graham comes in and kind of makes some crazy noises on it. It's like, oh, that's. That's what it is, you know. It's like they, the way the parts fit together. It, it, it's, it was wonderful to see, you know, especially as a as a fan, like I say. Definitely, yeah. Did you feel that? I think that I love that song on that album, Saint Charles Square. That feels like a a classic Blur song, even though it was made like you know recently. Yeah. Um, did you get that sense when you were kind of listening back to the tracks or working on them that you were like, "This is the band that I loved when I was fifteen years old," yeah. you know? Well, yeah, but like you know, like. It's funny from the demos because the demo didn't sound particularly like that. You know, it was, had this slightly kind of Boston Overy beat or something. But you know, Graham's kind of big. You know, he he did this this thing where he tunes one of the strings slightly differently and bends one of the notes into the chord, and it was like that is so blur. You know, the way he's playing it. You know, and I, I, he's obviously aware of that as well. But yeah, when when he put that guitar on that on that St. Charles Square tune. It was like, oh, that this is it. This is the parts coming together, you know. To see it in front of your eyes, like I said, is 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 pretty magical. We are big fans at Consequence. We've been big fans of Geese oh, since yeah. their first. Uh, you worked on 3D Country, which very very different sounding album for that band. Um, they embrace a lot of different styles, kind of gray areas, um, and I think all of us were a little bit surprised um, and definitely delighted. I think it's such an interesting sophomore album from this band, this New York band. Yeah. I'm in New York, so. We love geese, but uh, yeah, talk to me about working on that record. Man, I I loved it. I you know they're they're brilliant. Like it was, you know, I remember we we made it in. It seems to remember it was kind of January and it was cold and we were in New York and, um, yeah, you know they're all they're all pretty damn young. But it's like it was yeah. it was quite a an eye opener for me because you know they're all brilliant musicians, producers. You know, Cameron is incredibly talented and 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 ambitious and you know the 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 way that they all interacted and uh, i yeah it was like it was a real eye opener to a, a new generation you know as well you know they've got like really deep taste in music you know grown up with spotify and all that maybe one of the kind of the generations coming through with that and 
yeah, they, I, w- I was really um, taken aback by how accomplished they they are at such an early stage. And yeah, I, th- I you know, I'm sure they're going to go on and on. They're they're a brilliant band and they're great live. And yeah, you know, some like even the album kind of uh, got a little bit not 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 by me, but got a little reined in from from where it was heading. Even you know, they're, they're kind of like heading out out into some weird place of their own, which I, I've got a lot of respect for. Definitely. What drew you to them, uh, to working with them in the first place? When do you remember the first time you'd heard them? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I get sent a lot of demos and there's a lot of like, oh, maybe you'd like, like to work with these guys or not, you know, and I honestly just go on, on instinct on if I hear something and I hear something in it that excites me, I'll, you know, I'll get in a room with someone and yeah, those demos, I was just like, I couldn't quite understand what it was, you know, and, but it was different to anything I'd heard in a while and yeah i just was excited to 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 see what would happen if we got in a room together and you know i think yeah i think there's some some brilliant tracks on that record yeah geese is one of those bands that i like to describe as they make songs like a choose your own adventure book like each part of the song lends itself to a totally different adventure that they'll go on for like a minute and then they'll come back yeah totally and but somehow they they kind of make it cohesive you know but yeah some of the ideas you know, like some of the ideas were because as a producer, you're trying to kind of find the palette and find the um, draw the frame around the the picture, as it were. But with them, it was it was quite difficult because there was like just so many disparate elements, and it you know, part of me was just like, oh, you just kind of got to go with it and and see what happens, you yeah. know. And uh, but yeah, they they were great. The next artist that I want to ask you about another. This one's a pretty brand new artist. The Last Dinner yeah. Party. I'm sure a lot of people are asking you about working with them. That first song, I remember when I heard it earlier this summer, I was like, this is a this is a song. It's a real tune. Um, <laughs> nothing matters. Talk, talk to me about working with them, especially, yeah, young musicians. They have a very specific sound that also just kind of reminds me of a lot of bands that you would work with 10 years ago, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they, um, similarly, I, you know, I kind of got the demo through, through a friend and just again loved the ambition of it it seemed kind of the scale of it really of what they were aiming for seemed um pretty exciting and yeah we ended up recording you know basically we recorded the whole album in in january february and it's been singles have been coming out as it goes through but it's been done for a while and it's a great record you know there's sort of you know great you know what a cool sort of sparks-ish kind of queen pop stuff but then it goes into strange like um, you know, kind of uh, orchestral things, and you know that. But again, it's slightly all over the shop. There's kind of a new generation of kind of, um, yeah, just sort of eclecticism, maybe. But um, again, with you know, sort of Abby's voice ties it all together, and she's a brilliant performer, a brilliant singer. You know, they're all girls. They all write their own thing. They play brilliantly. You know, I. Um, it's it's great to see a. Um, yeah, you know, a band of girls really kind of um, owning it. You know, it's, it's it's exciting to see it happen. Absolutely. And they're getting bigger and bigger by the day. I know certainly in America, I think it's really in the last couple months, Nothing Matters has started going on 
radio playlists yeah. and I think a lot of people are really catching on. Though it is funny that they are, you know, there's a there's gotta be a clean edit of that song. Yeah, right. Yeah. And every time I hear it, I'm like, it's not quite the same, you know? No, even in the studio we're like, you know, and you can hug me, you know, it doesn't really work. It's, um, <laughs> I, I yeah, I got it in the ear from the manager. They were like, "How can you make such a big song with a swear word in the middle?" I was like, "It's kind of the swear word that makes it catchy in a way." It's it makes it, yeah. I mean, it's such a. I, I think it's also like yeah. The first time I heard it, it was such a jarring moment yeah. of like, "Oh wow, all right." So here we yeah, go. That's what makes uh, that particular yeah. song so sticky is that it's quite um, the lyric tie you know against it. I always love when a lyric kind of cuts against the music and um, totally. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we already went through such a, you know, <laughs> intensive uh, understanding of the work that you've done this year. Uh, I want to ask just a few general questions now. Um, as we've talked about a lot of these newer artists, I'm really curious. Yeah. Like what is something that you look for when you listen to newer artists or who are some new artists that have come out in the last five, six months that have really caught your eye, caught your ear? Um well, I suppose one I should mention that I've been working with this band called Fat Dog, which are a, a new, oh, yes. um, new British sort of band. Again, they're quite, uh, quite all over the place, um, sort of dance, um, but then it goes into strange sort of uh, klezmer, you know, happy hardcore. It's, it's all over the place, yeah. um, but. Um, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're, again, great live. I, I saw them live and they were sort of early days and it was so chaotic. It sort of reminded me of, um, kind of took me back a little bit to the sort of 2000 and sort of five, six kind of Claxons early days sort of. It's nice schools. I know you worked on yeah, that Yeah, kind of, that gave me that kind of feel of, um, so yeah, so I've been working with them. Um, and yeah, like, you know, what do I look for? Like, like I said before, I just, you know, if I see something live or um, I hear it, it's just, it's kind of indescribable. Sometimes it it's something kind of, you know, beautiful and, and meaningful. And sometimes it's just chaos, you know. I, it, it's really difficult to put my finger on it. And I suppose it's dependent on my mood and the things that I'm into at the minute. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, um, I'm, you know, I'm lucky that I, I come across lots of uh, stuff at the minute. And, you know, for me, it's a balance of trying to, you know, do some stuff. Um, like I've obviously done kind of more what you call the older acts, but then, you know, trying to keep doing new stuff as well. But then, all you know, obviously made my own record as well for, um, you know, for, for my own sake. It, it's sort of uh, just trying to get the balance right in my life, if you know what I mean, of um, yeah. of the things that I want to do and and you know, mixing, paying the bills with, with, um, having the freedom to be creative, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I feel fortunate. I managed to tread that line pretty well at the minute. That's beautiful. I love smoking like a true yes. artist, finding the balance. I think that that's wonderful. I have another question just because you've been producing for so long, you've so much experience yes. working with other bands, both large and small. Do you have any rules uh, when it comes to producing an album with a band or with an artist? Um, I, I think the further I go through it, um, the less I uh, think that any kind of rules or plan makes any sense uh -huh. at all. Because, you know, I, I, I've done it enough times to know that more often than not, um, 
you know, best laid plans and all that just get totally thrown out the window. You also need to head in a direction. Um, but I think if you have a plan or some hard and fast rules, then that's just restrictive at the end of the day. You're limiting yourself. And and really, I think being a producer is res- about responding to the best thing that's happening in that moment, you know, and, and whatever, wherever the best energy is in that room or the best, you know, musical idea is, you move towards that and, you know, kind of be open and, and sort of have the right intentions about it. But that's about all, that's about all you can do. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'll often hear like a bunch of demos, you know, I'm about to start a new record tomorrow with a, with a totally new band, heard some demos. I've got an idea in my head about how it should sound and what we should do and how we should mic up the drums and what effects we should use. You know what I mean? All of those kind of things. But, you know, I know for a fact that, you know, four or five days in, all of those plans will have gone out the window. I see. <laughs> that's the nature of the studio. That makes sense yeah, but to that's, me. That's also why it's exciting. You know, it, 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 um, you have to think on your feet and you have to um, be flexible. And, and you know, I suppose as you get older, you you uh, and have been through the process a few more times, you get more relaxed and more comfortable that, you know, I'm going to be able to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to make a record. We'll, you know, don't panic. It's going to be all right. Um, and that's about, that's about the best of advice. I love that. I think that's amazing. This is maybe going to be a tougher question, but uh, just if there are a, a few songs, I don't want to make you just pick one, but a few songs from your long, long discography as a songwriter and a producer that you still listen to or still hear and are like, wow, I really can't believe I made that, or I was there to make that. Um, it's a very tough one, yeah. You know, I, I'm not a great uh, fan of listening to things that I've made, if you know what I mean. I, yeah. um, oh, makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, it's not like I, I sit there and kind of um, enjoy listening to any of that stuff. Sometimes when things will come on the radio or I'll hear them somewhere in a taxi or something, now and again, I'll hear something and be like, oh, that one's actually pretty good, you know? Or like, I was like, oh, that was a bit of a stinker. You know, it's funny. I sort of feel like after maybe five years, you can sort of detach enough to listen to it like a, you know, like a, a punter, as it were. But, you know, if I was going to pick something from the top of my head, one from fairly recently, I do love Mirable off the, um, from the Arctic Monkeys, the first song off the car. I think that's a really something about that song. I remember hearing it for the first time and I remember making it and doing the strings for it and we uh, actually played keyboards with them uh, they did their last gig of their tour recently and I had to you know, learn some of it and, and so I was listening to it again recently and I was like right oh, this is pretty good Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.